Hi, and welcome to the Medicine for Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lynn Stiff. I'm a dietitian turned physician passionate about empowering people to use their lifestyle as medicine. Many of the chronic diseases and cancers that affect our world can be prevented. I'm on a mission to provide you with evidence-based tools and education so you can implement realistic and sustainable changes into your life to combat disease, reach your health goals, and lead your best life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Let's begin this journey together. Hello, hello. Today we are talking about self-talk and I'm so glad you're here so we can dive into this super important topic that often does not come up on health podcasts, um, usually on more psychological podcasts. And I think it's often an overlooked thing that plays a huge role in people achieving their health and wellness goals. Because here's the deal. You can do all the things when it comes to health, but if you don't practice self-compassion and kindness to yourself, you will never be complete. There will always be a sliver of you wondering, what if, or why can't I do this right, or why am I not content? So we might try to silence this critic, but it keeps coming up, and it will continue to come up until you deal with the underlying voice that keeps telling you things that are making you play small. So today we're going to dive into what self-talk is, why it matters, how we can identify our personal self-talk, and then some techniques that we can use to try to transform the way we talk to ourselves. So what is self-talk? So self-talk are beliefs that are programmed when we are children, and they're the things that we don't actually always physically say to ourselves, but they're the thoughts that we think about ourselves that are this inner critic about whether what we've done is correct or incorrect, and it's the voice that judges our value based on our actions. And interestingly enough, the self-talk that we have is created by patterns that we see. And so again, this starts at a very young age. If you are always told that you are too loud and you need to be quiet, then you start to believe that internally. You think, I'm loud. And every time you're loud, it reinforces this belief. So for example, if somebody told you that a lot when you were eight, and then when you're nine, people haven't really said it that much, but every couple months somebody says it, you will still anchor to the fact that it has been ingrained in you that you are a loud person and that being loud is bad and that you should be quiet. So as children, we shape who we show up in the world as often by these self-talk beliefs. Some people are more affected than others, and there's not a lot of science or data to prove why one child is more affected than another. But the fact is, as adults, these beliefs creep up again. And these beliefs will influence how we show up in many aspects of our life. And we will often put ourselves in situations that either prove or disprove these beliefs, depending on how our self-talk is shaped. I'll give you a real quick example of this. So with this COVID pandemic, I was wanting to make some masks for my family. Now I knew I could buy them for pretty cheap, like $5 online, but I also for some reason, felt like I really wanted to make them. I have this uh, belief that I'm still trying to work past that I'm supposed to be able to do everything like a grandmother would do. So I should be able to sew anything I need and, and knit and make soap 
and make things from scratch. And I actually enjoy doing some of these things, but I'm not always good at all of them. And some of them are less desirable now than they used to be. Sewing is one of those things. And so I went back and forth about whether or not I should sew these masks. And then I had two hours on a beautiful Sunday afternoon that I was off. Um, And it was a stretch that I was working a lot of days. And so I only had two days off over two week time period. And instead of having my kids go play outside and run around in the backyard, I decided to sew masks while they watched a movie. And it was amazing outside. I don't know why I did this. So anyway, I, I sew these masks and nothing is working perfectly because of course I don't have all the right fabric and the right materials I need. Um, and the scissors are dull and the sewing machine gets jacked up every time I use it because I can't figure out the tension. So anyway, I finished these masks and of course one of the three actually fits properly. And even that one, the kids complain about the um, elastic around the ears. And so then I finish and I think, see, this is why I shouldn't have ever done the masks. I suck at sewing. I'm no good at this. Why can't I just give this up? And it just starts this belief about negative self-talk. Now the reality, I know I'm not that good at sewing and I probably shouldn't have tried sewing them in this short time period. But part of me wanted to disprove that. And when it started getting tough, the self-talk voice that said I wasn't any good at it got louder and louder. And it reinforced because it, it prevented me from focusing and either stopping when I should have just stopped or figuring out how to do it the right way, knowing it might take longer than I want. And so sometimes self-talk will sabotage us. It will lock us into a bubble where we feel like we have to perform that way even if we can't perform that way at that time. And sometimes we will put ourselves in situations where we will ultimately fail so that it reinforces this negative self-talk. This is like yo-yo dieting. So many people have gone on tons of fad diets and after they get a few weeks into it and things get tough and they decide not to do it anymore, there's usually a comment to themselves, see, I can never do this. I'm worthless. I, I can never follow a diet. I'm a slob. I have no willpower or something to that effect. But the fact of the matter is diets don't work and nobody sticks to them long-term. It's not just you, I promise. And so there are lots of things like this that happen in our lives where we tell ourselves it's only us and this situation just proves this negative belief that we have. And most people, not all, but many people have more negative self-talk beliefs that do these things than positive. So why is having a positive self-talk important? Well, there have been studies that have found that positive thinking is linked to numerous health outcomes and life longevity outcomes. So people tend to have longer, happier lives. They have less heart disease, less stress, less depression, more resilience when things are tough, and improved coping skills. I don't know anyone who would not want all of those things. And so it's interesting that just the way we speak to ourselves can positively impact our health and our life. And it makes sense because if you believe in yourself and you believe in your abilities, you're more likely to do things that prove your worth. Where if you have low self-worth, you may participate in things that don't lift you up. And then again, it's this negative self-talk spiral with, see, I'm not worth anything. I'm just going to live this other way because this is all I'm worth. So if you ever find yourself in those spirals, there are some things that you can do because often we do this and we have no idea. It's happening on a subconscious level without our awareness. 
there are some resources that are linked in the podcast notes. So definitely check those out. Uh, So we're going to go through some of these resources. So uh, the Mayo Clinic resource talks about identifying negative thinking. And so this is great because it breaks it down into four types of negative thinking. One is filtering, and this is where you only think about the negative aspects of a situation and filter out all the positives. So this could be that you have a day where everything goes great, one bad thing happens, and that is all you can focus on at the end of the day. This has happened to many people before, myself included, and I've talked about it on the podcast before. I think it was in the COVID, the last episode, the COVID episode, where this can really ruin your day. And if you filter everything just to focus on the negative, then you'll start to believe that that negative is all that happens. The second type of negative thinking is personalizing. And so when something bad happens, you blame yourself or you think that this only happens to you and it's not something that can happen to anyone. You might even think of specific people and how it never happens to them. So this could be if you have plans to do something with a friend and the event it's canceled, you think that you did something wrong or that you're the only person you know that gets their fun date nights canceled all the time. The next type is catastrophizing. So this is when you automatically jump to the worst. So let's say you have plans to wear a certain outfit this day and you're really excited. You can't wait. And you like really got it hyped up in your mind. It's some new outfit you just bought. And then that morning you get out to put it on and you realize there's a hole in this new outfit, maybe where the tag was, it it snagged a hole or your child spilled something on it. And suddenly you're really frustrated and that just sets the tone for the entire day. In looking back, you see it's silly and it's not a big deal, but in the moment you think, well, great, now I'm going to be late for work and I don't know what else I'm going to wear. And this is a really important meeting. I was really excited to feel confident going into the meeting. And now I'm going to feel like I don't know what I'm talking about. And they'll know I don't know what I'm talking about. And you can see how this one very small thing that happened turned into this huge thing that impacts your entire day. The fourth type of negative thinking is polarizing. And so this would be if you see things as only good and bad or that you need to be perfect. And I think I've talked about perfectionism on here before, but if not, Brene Brown is just my hero for perfectionism. I am a recovering perfectionist. And I can definitely see how this can be blown into negative thinking because if you think that it has to be perfect, if one thing doesn't work out right, You'll again filter and only look at that one negative thing, but then also you'll feel that because it wasn't perfect, it automatically is bad. There's no gray area or variation. Um, this could be the person who, you know, rereads their manuscript every night for two months and won't submit it to their thesis advisor because they're so worried it's not perfect, even though it's wonderful just how it is. So I really want you to pay attention to how you're talking to yourself and start to identify when these things show up. I'm sure we can all come up with examples of when we've had one of these four forms of negative self-talk and we didn't even realize it was happening, but just bringing awareness to it is the first step because you cannot correct a problem that you don't realize is even happening. So if you can bring awareness to the fact that you're having this uh, negative self-talk occur, you can then get to the point where you will deconstruct it and start to shift it so that Uh, you end up getting to a point of positive self-talk. 
Brooke Castillo has a podcast called the Life Coach School Podcast, and she talks about this concept in an episode that I believe was called Moving Through Neutral. And it's really fascinating to think about because often when we make goals, we think we need to go from one extreme to another, and we don't realize that there's a transition point in the middle of neutral that actually is essential. And it's when you have no feeling positive or negative towards that situation, and then you can begin to shift towards positive if that's what your goal is. And so I'd really recommend the podcast if this is an area that you're interested in. Um, And again, that specific episode is number 287. So again, the first step is identifying the negative self-talks. And I've given some examples, but just a few more. Um, So saying, I knew it wouldn't work, or I always do this wrong. I look ugly. I am fat. I need to lose weight. I can never stick to a diet. I'm horrible at exercise. I'm sure we've all said something like this before, uh, but the key is to begin to be aware when we're saying them. So then the Mayo Clinic article goes through how we can focus on positive thinking. And so I'm not going to read all of the specific examples, um, but basically I'll go over the headers and then give you some examples that they list in some of my own of shifting thoughts. So first you can identify areas of change. You can't do everything at once. Instead, what you should do is find one area that you feel confident that you might be able to begin to transition through. You should check on yourself throughout the day and reflect, have I been having negative self-talk up to this point in this one area? If so, let's think of how I can flip it or shift it to be more positive. And then also think, have I been speaking positive to myself in this area and reinforce those positive thoughts? The next example is to be open to humor. And so make sure that you can be okay and like loosen up and laugh at yourself. None of us are perfect. We're all going to do silly things. I can think of 15 silly things I did today that I could have gotten all bent out of shape about, but instead I just laughed it off and moved on because in the big scheme of things, it doesn't matter. The next area is to follow a healthy lifestyle, which this entire podcast is about, but basically trying to um, exercise regularly so that you're able to better solidify these into your memory and into your belief system. So there's something about exercising that positively impacts your mood and reduces stress. And there's also this belief that the motion of walking actually helps program into your brain some of the beliefs and thoughts you're having while you're walking. The next thing you can do is surround yourself with positive people. You know, you are the common denominator of the five people you spend the most time with. So think about that. If they're all crotchety and grouchy people who hate life and, you know, are always negative, you're probably going to be pretty negative. But if you surround yourself with people who aspire to be their best version of themselves and live healthy lifestyles and try to reach their goals, then you're going to be more likely to do that too. And then practice positive self-talk. So trying to be intentional about what you say to yourself. This can even be intentional affirmations, uh, gratitude journals, and things that you want to do to intentionally bring out those positive aspects of your life. So some examples. If you want to change your negative self-talk into positive thinking, you need to be very intentional. So let's say you say, I've never done this before, I won't be any good at it. You instead could say, this is an opportunity to learn something new. I know I'm not going to be perfect when I first start it, but I also know that I could be very good at this with practice. I don't have any time for that. Well, no one has any time, but you have time for what you find is important. So instead you could say, 
how much of a priority is this? And how could I make this work in my schedule? If this can't work and isn't a priority, I'm not going to fool myself or anyone else. Instead, I'm going to restructure what I want to do. And I'll say no, if it's not a good fit right now. Another example is no one communicates with me. I never know what's going on. Well, instead you could flip that and say, I'll see if I can open the channels of communication. That's what Mayo Clinic says. I would say, who can I talk to, to bring up my concern that I don't feel like I'm in the loop because I don't think anyone's intentionally not including me. I just don't think they realize that I'm not in the loop. So who can I talk to about this? So you can see how you can take a thought that's very negative and self-limiting and turn it into something empowering where you're taking charge and making it happen. The Psychology Today article that I posted has some great suggestions about how to monitor your self-talk while also monitoring the self-talk of others. I was amazed when I started doing this, how much I realized the people around me were stuck in their own negative beliefs. This is not just one person suffering. We all suffer from negative self-talk from time to time. So pay attention to this. And then if you're comfortable with someone, some times you can gently challenge their negative self-talk to try to help build them up and realize that things aren't maybe as bad as they seem. You can help empower them too. When you get stuck in some of these negative self-talk cycles, it's really important that you step back and then you tell yourself a few things. My favorite saying right now is everyone is doing the best they can given their current circumstances. I can't remember where I heard this first. Um, I did hear Brene Brown say it after I'd heard it once before. And so I'll give her the credit, but you know, if you stop and think like when you're really upset with someone, which happens to me, not infrequently where I might be stressed or frustrated. And someone asks me a question that I just think is ridiculous. If I stop and think they are doing the best they can in this situation. If I get a call from a nurse that I'm frustrated that I got, I need to stop and tell myself they care about the patient and they're doing the best they can with what they know. They don't necessarily know all of the conversations I had with other people that brought me to the conclusion that I had. So I need to be communicating with other people and giving people the benefit of the doubt because I would want them to do the same to me. Similarly, we want to learn how to express feelings instead of judgment. Um, and so this is a key thing they talk a lot about in the Life Coach School podcast but basically deconstructing feelings and judgments or beliefs because they're different and we often blend them all together. And once we begin to learn that our beliefs actually influence our feelings and those influence our actions, which then influence the outcome, it's super powerful because you can begin to change things. You can't change your circumstance, but you can change your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions so your outcome can be different. And so I've really loved kind of using this model to deconstruct some of the negative self-talk or um, situations that have occurred in my life so that I can reframe them to be more positive and more beneficial. The Psychology Today article does have a list of um, many phrases that you could use to help restructure when you feel you're getting really frustrated with yourself or with somebody else um, and the negative thoughts and self-talk that you're hearing. The Very Well Mind article also has some great examples. It talks about uh, making milder wording. I'm sorry, I can't talk today. Making milder wording. So this would be changing words instead of, I hate traffic. You could change it to, I really dislike traffic. Um, or you could talk about why it is. I really 
dislike when I am late for work, as opposed to I hate traffic, no one knows how to drive. It also talks about changing negative to neutral or positive, which is kind of what I mentioned before about that moving through neutral. So figuring out how you can slowly transition those beliefs and then changing your self-limiting statements to questions. So if you say, I can never do this right, you instead could change it to a question. How can I do this so that it works this time? So now I want to talk about two more things. Uh, One is how we can identify when we're having these negative self-talks, because I mentioned already, you can try to stop yourself during the day, but that's not always the best way because you're busy during the day and you might forget to actually do it. So I wanna give some tangible things. One thing you could do is wear hair tie. And every time you catch yourself doing something negative or having negative self-talk, you snap your, your hair tie on your hand. And then after that, you change it into something positive or neutral. And so doing that rubber band snap will, or hair tie snap or whatever you wanna call it, will associate a negative feeling that gentle snap with the negative thought, and then also kind of make you pause and reset your mind. This would require you to notice when it's happening. So this might not be something you do right away because it might be challenging for you to um, identify it right away. The other thing that you could do is to journal. Journaling can be very powerful because especially if you do unstructured journaling, you could have it be mildly structured in the sense of how did my day go? And you just kind of write about your day, but things will come up while you're journaling that you didn't even realize. And then you don't have to go back and read the journal again, but at the end of your journaling session, you can reflect on all of the things you just processed and come up with the times when you found yourself kind of being stuck in the most negative self-talk or the key negative self-talk that you are stuck in so that the next day you have more awareness around this. And once you identify what your biggest barriers for negative self-talk are, you can begin to make actionable steps towards improving the self-talk. So some things you can do for that, along with the journaling I just mentioned, is to start a gratitude journal. So in an area where you feel that you are having a lot of struggle, maybe there's a friendship that's just really brittle right now, and it's hard for you to find any positives, and it's really causing a lot of distress for you, but it's also an important relationship that you want to save. So one thing that you could do on your own is when you have those negative self-talks, obviously jot them down so you can pay attention to them and try to rephrase them or reword them, maybe changing from the statement to a question on how it could be made better. But then I also would encourage you to spend three to five minutes doing gratitude towards that person. So uh, loving kindness is a form of meditation that you can try where you uh, send gratitude towards them. Um, Or you can do a gratitude journal where you would literally just journal about positive things related to that relationship or person so that it can remind you that even though there are these negatives, there are positives there. Another technique that you can use are positive affirmations. I really love doing positive affirmations when we use them in the I am form instead of the I will form. So people will often write down affirmations as what they dream to be. So I will get a raise. I will have a great speech. I will make the team. I will get a certain time in a race. So instead of saying I will, if you change it to I am or like I've already accomplished this, 
that is where you begin to retrain your brain to start to believe these things. And so instead you'll say, I got the raise. I am the boss. I, you know, whatever your boss position is. (laughs) Um, My speech was a success. I signed a book deal. I made a PR on this race. Whatever it is that you are trying to work towards, you say it as it actually happened. And then you say it over and over and over again every single day. It seems silly, but it works. Um, Sometimes people will do this on a mirror. So they actually talk to themselves in the mirror, but you could really do it anywhere. You can write it down in a journal. So you might do it 10 times, three times a day, and then you'll do that every day. And over time, you'll start to actually believe this thing that you're writing that you never thought was possible before. And I want you to think of big audacious things that you wouldn't tell anyone else because I think eventually you will tell everyone else once you start to believe that it's a possibility. One way that you can remind yourself throughout the day of these affirmations is to leave sticky notes in little places so that when you go to that spot, you'll see the sticky note and even without reading it, you'll remember that affirmation. So maybe you'll put a sticky note, even with nothing written on it, just a sticky note, because in your mind, there's a connection to that affirmation. So you'll put a sticky note on your dashboard and on a cabinet at work and on your favorite mug at home, um, on some secret little spot that you see when you sit down on the couch, but not everyone else sees, wherever it is that will kind of prompt you to think about it. Because again, it's just bringing that awareness is helping train your mind. And then the last method that I think is helpful is when we actually talk to ourselves about positive things. So if we have negative self-talk on a certain area and we're trying to retrain our brain, one thing you can do is to actually talk through it and then listen to that, that tape. So talk about how you feel, say all the things that you don't tell anyone else about how you feel, listen to the tape and then critically analyze and do some of that that flipping from the negative to the positive self-talk that I, that I talked about earlier, and then re-record in a positive way, and then listen to that recording every day. If you have a commute and you want for five minutes to listen to this, it can make a huge impact on how you view yourself and how you, the rest of your day plays out because of the way you set your mind up for success. So that's all that I have for today. I did want to add that there is a link in the show notes for an NPR podcast that's all about this very topic. It's seven minutes long. It's a great listen. I would really recommend you check it out. And it's just about the power of how your mind works and how it shapes just the way that you view yourself and how you show up in the world. So I'd really recommend you check that out as well. Thank you so much for listening. If you have questions at all about this, I would love to hear from you. Uh, This is a topic that I, again, feel is so important and so under-discussed because the way we talk to ourselves directly influences how we're going to show up in the world and how we're going to reach our goals. And I think that it's something that we have so much more control over than we think. I hope that you found some of this helpful and that you have at least one tangible action item that you can start doing this week today after you listen to this even uh, to help shift your life into the way that you want it to be. So thanks so much for joining me. If you have any feedback, feel free to head over to the Nutrition Health Life Facebook page and leave it there. Um, And then also please be sure to leave a rating on the podcast. Um, That's how people find the podcast and know if it's worth a listen. So please give me a rating below and leave a comment so people know what to expect. 
Thanks so much. Be well, and I'll see you next week. Bye. While I make every effort to broadcast correct information, I am still learning. The views expressed on this podcast are solely my own, based on extensive experience and research. The views of this podcast are not those of any organizations that I am currently or previously affiliated with. If you have any concerns about views or opinions expressed in this podcast, please contact me directly at lynn.stiff at nutritionhealthlife.com. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another, and I am simply presenting my views on how to... Use diet and lifestyle approaches to improve your health. By listening to this podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice or to treat any medical conditions that either yourself or others are experiencing. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Do not ignore or delay obtaining professional medical advice because of information accessed or otherwise obtained from or on behalf of Nutrition Health Life LLC or Lynn Stiff MD.